Welcome to Off Topic with Mike and JD. I'm JD. And I'm Mike. And welcome to our show. So today we're going to be talking about the movie Tenet. It's basically the only movie that's been released to theaters recently. Uh, and now, so for the first five five minutes or so, we're going to keep this spoiler-free. Spoiler you know, no spoiler discussion, just overall discussion about the, the general parts of the movie. Then we're going to give you a big spoiler warning where we're going to talk about everything in the movie. Sound good? Sounds good. <laughs> Great. Great you responded because our audience can't respond to that. <laughs> uh, so, to start off, I'm going to start off with the complaint that everybody's talking about the movie. And that is, it was hard to hear. Like, I thought it was just me. I'm like, man, I really have trouble hearing this. But I, I thought, I'm like, man, something's wrong with me. Then I saw online everybody complaining about it. I'm like, oh, good. I'm, there's not something wrong with me. There's something wrong with the movie. <laughs> What's your opinion of the sound quality in the movie? See, I don't know if it's just an expectations thing, but uh, I watched all the early reviews. You know, I, I didn't see it until more recently because mm. I was waiting to till uh, you know I figured the rush would be early and it'd be safer to see mm. it later on. Um, Makes sense. So I was hearing all these reviews about how it was like so hard to hear and how the sound mixing was awful, and I just like I just did not get that. Like everything I could hear everything fine. Like all the you know I mean there were like one or two dialogue points that were whispered slightly and I was like, Oh wait, did he say that? But uh but I mean in general I thought you know, I, I definitely didn't yeah, I don't know if it was this the theater I was in had good sound system or, or whether I mean I was basically the only one in the theater that mm. I was in, so maybe that played a factor. But uh, but yeah, so that's why it's interesting. I, I, I have heard that, mm. and I definitely I definitely am not surprised. I've I've had that problem with other Christopher Nolan movies. Um, in fact, actually, one story. The reason that uh, my wife Kim didn't come with me to see Tenet was we actually saw the first ten minutes of it as the IMAX preview before Rise of Skywalker. And during that IMAX preview, I couldn't hear anything. It was just a loud gun noises for 10 minutes. And, like, people complained to the theater owner after the theater, uh, at, just for the preview. Poor guy. You know? Um, so it's, it's just, I, I can see that being a problem. But I personally, yeah. during the actual theater experience, um, didn't didn't feel that. Wait, well, like, it sounds to be... To be fair to Nolan, I'm the kind of person who, when I'm watching TV, I have to rewind the same scene like five times because I miss what they say. So I'm not like the best judge of that, which is why after, like, I didn't think anything of it watching the movie, not being able to hear things because, you know, like that's the thing about me. My, it has to do with attention span and stuff, but I, I miss dialogue all the time. So I thought it was entirely on me. And I was actually surprised when I saw online, like, oh no, everybody's having this problem. Yeah. But, you know, that, definitely, even though I noticed it, it didn't ruin the, that wasn't what ruined the movie, in my opinion. Definitely not that level. No, I definitely didn't, you know, like I said, I didn't really experience it, but I definitely didn't feel like the sound detracted anything from the movie. So I'm gonna talk about what I liked. I thought it was great casting. I, I gotta be honest, I'm, I haven't wasn't really Robert Pattinson fan. I think I'm still biased against him for the Twilight movies, which to, is not fair to him. But yeah. you know, I just don't want to like Robert Pattinson. But I but I watched him. I'm like, oh wait, he wasn't bad. 
Yeah, I stopped doubting Robert Pattinson after The Lighthouse because he was just so phenomenal in... I don't know if you've seen the movie The Lighthouse. No, I haven't. See, I haven't seen most... I've heard he'd been great at indie films. Like I said, I have been unfairly judging him based on the Twilight films. And now I saw it and I'm like, oh, he's not a bad actor. Yeah, no, people have been hyping him up for me. Uh, and and he's definitely well-deserved. I thought he was phenomenal in this movie. I mean, Christopher Nolan, he is well-connected and he always gets um, mm. some incredible uh, collaborators. Uh and even though uh, I think his usual, some some of his usual people weren't available this time. Well, he, he got Michael Caine to do got, his two-minute cameo. He got Michael, we'll talk about that in spoilers, but, uh, but uh, yeah, no, so, um, yeah, overall, I was, I was, I was pretty happy mm. with, with most of that. What'd you, what did you think of John David Washington? I thought he was great. Um, I'll mm. talk a little bit more in spoilers about the things I didn't like, but in terms of just like the raw like acting talent, I thought he really sold me on the uh, the character and his mm. uh, like what at least for what was in the script. I thought he, yeah. he sold me well for what he was. Yeah, well, without getting into spoilers, I wasn't so happy with the way the character was written, but I had nothing against his performance. I thought he performed. With what what was written in great. Right. It's it's hard. I, I I don't really consider this a spoiler that he's he's somewhat our point of view character. You know, he's the well, one who's like, obvious. what's go. Well, uh, he's the one who doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah. You know, in in yeah. in every Christopher Nolan movie, there's a character who's like, oh gee, what's Inception? And everyone's like, all right, well okay, let me let yeah. me let me spend ten minutes explaining what Inception mm -hmm. is. And you know, he's like, oh, what's Inversion? And you can he explains everything. But, but, well, see, that's the thing. But, I don't, so again, not getting too much into spoilers, I don't feel they did a good job of explaining it. But I'll get into more on that yeah, but, if there are spoilers. But I think it's hard. But overall, I think it's oh, hard sorry. to, I think it's hard to be that Ellen Page type character where, you know, you're supposed to be the surrogate for the audience. So mm -hmm. you can't have too much going on on your own. Otherwise, you kind of lose that yeah. role. That's fair. That's a fair point. Mm -hmm. um, I thought the action scenes were great. Oh my, I, my I goodness, really it, was, it was incredible. I mean, mm. like, just some of the stuff. And, and, you know, in classic Nolan fashion, like, very little special effects. I mean, a yeah. lot, lot of special effects, but minimal use of but CGI. It's practical, yeah. <laughs> it's Most incredible. Special effects, practical. Absolutely. Like, yeah, the, that explosion... That was a real explosion. Obviously contained, but it wasn't, oh, made with computers. Yeah, no, this this was a very technically impressive movie. No, like, that, definitely impressive. Like, and impressive, like, and, and in ways that you don't usually see anymore. Like, it's not impressive that, oh, look at this giant spaceship they made, made CGI, which is still extremely impressive, but it's impressive, like, wow, just look how well-coordinated right. all the stunts right. are here. To look awesome. It's it's a very pretty movie, and you know I, I'm definitely gonna pick it up on on 4K when eventually it, it comes out. I thought that was actually gonna be my first viewing was at a home, but I, I'm glad I actually was able to get out to the theater. Well, I, I do see why he was so adamant about releasing this in theaters. It's definitely a a movie that's meant to be seen is. in theaters. It is, and on the business side of it, I think you know he should be very proud of of how it did. I mean. There's all this talk about how Tenet was like a disaster or a bomb or, or whatever, but 
you can't really judge it on pre-COVID standards. Like, the fact that it made, like, 300, you know, I think it was, like, $300 million, like, during the height of a, pan of a you know, worldwide pandemic. That, like, no, I, the, the fact is, it's, like, the fact, I, I can't in good conscience recommend somebody goes out to a movie theater unless, you know, you feel very, yeah. well, very, we very safe. We had, but... we had that conversation. But the fact that I even considered, you know, do I go see this movie or not? You know, there are very few, yeah. you know, I mean, Bill and Ted 3, I look forward to seeing that. But I, I was, if that was theater only, I would just be like, sorry, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> there. Yeah. So I think that speaks, speaks volumes to this, to this movie's credit. And what? That's a, oh, sorry. Wait, that's a good point. But I just, but you could also say the opposite that oh, it was the only movie playing, and everybody because you know, if we look at realistic, not everybody's taking this as seriously as people like you and me are. So people wanted to go to the movies, and that was their only option. I'm not. I'm. I don't know. Well, if, if what I'm saying is more accurate, what you're saying more accurate, I'm just saying you could look at it both ways, though. That it had no competition. I see your point, but it's definitely not a four-quadrant film by any means. So, you know, there are the people who wanted to see, you know, Boss Baby 2, uh, like, you know, it's not necessarily for them. So I think... That's true. I think you have to kind of graded on the scale of people who would have seen a Christopher Nolan movie. Because at this point, you know what you're getting when you get a Christopher Nolan movie, yeah. which is half the fun. You're like, yes, this is what... It's It's like Quentin Tarantino, like, Christopher Nolan has his own style. And when you yeah. walk into a Christopher Nolan film, you're like, this is what's going to happen. They're going to be wearing nice suits. They're going to be... You, you, you're not going to understand half of what's happening. <laughs> exactly. There's going to be uh, some, some time weird shenanigans. Uh, so... Alright, so is there anything else you want to say about the general film, general film, or do you want to get get into the spoiler discussion? I thought the 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 score worked really well for me. I mean, it definitely wasn't well, like well, that's a given of a Nolan movie, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I think yeah, I think the score was was very good for what it is. It took me a while to acclimate to it because it is slightly different than you know his other film scores, but you know, it did a very good job building tension and yeah. and stuff like that. But. Uh, which is which his, I feel his score always does. Like Interstellar, a, a movie that I wasn't crazy about, but the sc the score was great. Like keeping the tension up, I agree. Yeah. So that's just a uh, you know a great style of it. All right. So. All right. Are I we think, ready for spoilers? I think so. So. All right. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler. Spoiler. Okay. So now we can discuss everything about the movie. All First right. Of all, did you, I didn't even notice it in the film, but it's weird that the protagonist has no name. Like, I'll be honest, I didn't notice that until I saw online, but I'm like, oh, wow, they never gave him a name. No, th that that was actually one of the first things I heard about it, because I watched um, Chris Duckman's review of Tenet as soon yeah. as it was posted. Well, yeah. And he, he, he mentioned nothing about this movie going in. He, he, I, like, I... Sorry, sorry, we're talking oh, about he, he mentioned... Yeah, sorry. Sorry, you talk. Yeah, you, you talk, go, you go, you I go, okay. I said, I basically knew nothing about this movie. I knew it was a Christopher Nolan movie, and that was pretty much it. So, But to be fair, knowing it, it's a Christopher Nolan movie does tell you more than uh, the average director would tell you. Yeah. But that's all I really knew about it going in. Right, you say what you were saying. Oh, I was going to say that I, I I knew from the beginning that the char main character didn't have a name, and mm -hmm. that kind of bothered me right yeah. off the gate. 
uh, that he just is a nameless character. I get that that was like a stylistic choice, but I think my main stylistic doesn't mean good. My main criticism of the film is just that like he's just a guy, and I mean that that's fine, but I feel like. If you look at a movie like Inception, which is one of my all-time favorite movies, it's it's definitely, you know, up there. The character of Cobb really grounds the entire film. Like, obviously, I'm a sucker for cool sci-fi premises. Hold on, hold on. Um, who's the actor who played Cobb? Because I just don't remember. Oh, Leonardo, the Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Okay, so that's Leo character. Okay, yeah. Um... He, you know, without his character's, like, tragic backstory and hum humanistic, like, grounding you, uh, I don't feel like that movie works. So I, yeah, I, I feel like I that it. was a big problem with this. And, um, yeah, I also feel like the twists and turns, like, once you, like, it, it's confusing at first because it's supposed to be confusing. Yeah. But then it's confusing in kind of all the wrong ways in the sense that... I, I actually... As, yeah. as soon it, as, as... I felt that way too. As soon as I understood actually what was happening, I guessed every twist. Like... Yeah. It was like, very... he's the man in black. That was... It, like, you know, once you understand what's going on, it's like, oh, he's going to be the man he fights. Like... Yeah. Like, and, that was so obviously coming. Yeah. <laughs> Like, ninety percent of the twists, uh, uh, as soon like like I said, uh, as soon as like about about forty five minutes in, you like get what's happening. I'd say maybe maybe a little later, maybe like an hour, and you understand the concept of how inversion works and what's happening, and and then immediately I'm like, yeah, he was definitely the guy in black. Yeah, that that was so obviously coming, and it, it, like by the time they finally revealed it, it lost all of its impact. Like. Yeah. It was kind of like they they waited too long to do like so, like that was a twist they needed to reveal sooner to catch you off guard. I I actually think like first of all to the thing I guess I should start with the things I really like and that's mm -hmm. I thought conceptually this is a great premise. I love like the way they did inversion and like the whole concept of like you know, re reversing time and reversing entropy. It's kind of a different take on time travel. And I thought that was yeah. re really cool. Um, but I didn't feel like... I felt like Christopher Nolan channeled his, like, inner J.J. Abrams. Like, within the first, you know, 15 minutes of Inception, you know what Inception is. They've set you up. Here's the team. Here's what Inception is. They're going. Here's the mission. Go. Yeah, and then yeah, like the you, whole you know what's happening. the whole movie, you're excited and you're following them, and you understand what's possible and what's not possible with Inception. Mm. With yeah. with Inversion, I feel like he plays so coy. It's like a J.J. Abrams mystery box that I'm like, if you yeah. would, if you would have just straight up given me everything from the beginning, I actually feel yeah. like I would have enjoyed the movie more. Yeah, like you don't want to overdo the exposition, but like he does like almost no no exposition, like. I, like, I was just shocked about how quickly it just dived right into it. It's like, oh, time, she just goes to the protagonist. Time travel is a thing. And he's like, okay, so now I'm going to find out where these bulls came from. And he's like, wait, what? You're not, like, going to take that in? You're not going to ask more about, <laughs> about it? You're just going to accept, okay, time travel is a thing. Well, that's, sure. that's another huge problem with the movie is the, just the breakneck pace. It's just like, new yeah. scene, new scene, new scene, new scene. Every five seconds, like... You know, there's the opera mission that quickly becomes irrelevant. Like, yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with anything. 
and then he's being tortured. But they and, tried and, to make and, it relevant, and, which was even weirder. And then that was yeah, and then like that, so, that was even worse. I felt that, that oh well, we're, we're tying it back to it, kind of, sort of, and I'm like. You made it even worse. Like, I, I just felt like we just jumped all around. It was just like... Yeah. It almost felt like a video game at times, because it was just like, next, here's the mission. Like, during this yeah. mission, we have to break into this place uh, to find this reverse bullet dealer. And then, like, now during this mission, we have to break into this highly guarded, like, painting museum. Like, it just, yeah, it just like, felt like a series of... And I need to do this of, to get my next quest. Like, I yeah. do like the video game comparison, because I'm doing this just to get my next minute. Like, it's not like a singular drive. You don't get, like, that sit, like that solid mission until, like, halfway through the movie. Oh, okay, he's got to stop this guy from getting the code. Right. Like, like that, that's not until halfway through the movie when he's doing all these edits, random missions, and it's like... Like, when he's trying to steal that painting, it's like, is this even going to help his main goal? Right, exactly. And the, and I, I just, like, but by the end, you know, like, I can see a good movie inside this movie. And I didn't hate the movie. I'll give it my... I didn't hate it either. I'll give you my final score at the end of this. But, mm -hmm. but I just felt like at the end, you know, when there's this big war going on between, you know, inverted people and uninverted people and people are, like, reverse exploding buildings at the same time. Which, that's cool to watch. That it was, was so cool. cool. I'm just like, this should have been the whole movie. I'm just like, give me like a five minute text crawl if you have to and just tell me what's going on and then just have this. <laughs> like, a war between the past yeah. and future. That's the coolest thing. Yeah. The, the best part of the movie is like, hidden at the end. Yeah. And the, the one thing I still don't understand is how do you use inverted bullets when you're not inverted? Well... I mean, I have many questions. My, my, my well, that was my bigger question. It's like, oh, these are inverted bullets. I'm like, but what are, like, I, I can easily unwrap my head about inverting a person. That, to me, wasn't like, okay, I mean, obviously science fiction, but, like, I get how the movement, everything works. I, it's, the, it's the inverted of the objects that, I'm just like, what? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't very clear, like, how contained the inversion was. Like, it was very weird what it reversed and what it didn't reverse. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought the scene where he first gets inverted and, like, he's, like, all disoriented and stuff, I thought that was really cool. Um, I thought he learned to drive a car backwards, like, really well, really fast. I don't know if he... Yeah, he, he's a little too perfect. I will, in general, the protagonist is too perfect at well, times, what I, I feel. What I wish would have been is that he was an agent of Tenet from the beginning, because what I thought I was getting when I walked into this movie was sort of like a wanted situation where it's like, oh, I use the powers of inversion to like do all this crazy stuff that I couldn't mm. normally do. Like I can like, you know, curve my bullets and like do insane backflips and things yeah. that I normally wouldn't be able to do because of this inversion power. Um, but like, it's hard to really do anything with inversion. It's just like, okay, you can kind of time travel, which is obviously useful, but... But, but it's, it's interesting how, like, it kind of gives the impression that the future is, like, written in, by their time travel world. Because yes. despite how often they time travel, they don't change anything. It is. It, I, I did love that. I, I One of my favorite things, I, I, if you've ever seen the movie 12 Monkeys, it's a similar nah, it's a similar idea. Like, I loved that when he was driving along the freeway, he saw his own crashed car and his own crashed car uncrashed. 
So it's like, it's clear, there's not multiple dimensions. He's not altering the past in a, in a sense. He is literally just living out this timeline in which a backwards thing happened. Yeah. So I thought that was awesome. Um, but, but, like, yeah, but if I can... Play around the Wolf kind of weird also at time. Yeah. Well, it was like when he's, he's like, when did he start bleeding? Because bleeding, then he gets unstabbed. And, oh, he's not bleeding anymore, but like, wait... What exactly did he just randomly start bleeding? Yeah, that was. And then and then they make this big deal about being shot with an inverted bullet. They're like, oh, I still don't get what that they're, means. They're like, you know, oh, thank goodness you weren't shot with an inverted bullet, you know, because he almost gets hit during the opening sequence. Yeah. Thank goodness you weren't hit with this inverted bullet, and it's like, why isn't it? I mean, it's just a regular bullet, except it's moving yeah. backwards. I mean, other than that, it just, I mean, just being shot hurts. Like, I don't get why an inverted bullet is any more painful yeah, than a regular bullet. Same. And that was the thing. When she got shot, oh, she got shot with inverted bullet, so we got a ton. Like, I had no idea what was going on that I, I did not understand why. We had to send why. her back uh, because that, that would save her for whatever reason. Well, then, yeah, I thought it was like, oh, well, maybe if you reverse her, she'll, like, heal. She'll, like, unbleed. She'll bleed back in, you know? Like, but I, that wasn't... Apparently that didn't happen. So no, but because she still had the scar from it, so it was like what? It was very unclear. I think they should have just been a little more forthright with the rules. I know exposition is boring, but they really gotta in a movie like that. Find that balance. It's absolutely imperative. But I will tell you my biggest pet peeve as a science fiction nerd, and that's just the cavalier way that they brush over the grandfather paradox. So, oh. at one point in the movie, like, you know, obviously the, you find out the big twist, which is a, an awesome premise, that this algorithm, the MacGuffin of the movie, flips time on its head. Basically reverses the direction of time for everything. Mm. Um, so that's cool. That's a cool premise. But then they're like, oh, wait, but you're killing all the people in the past, so how is there a future? And they're like, they bring up the grandfather paradox, and... You know, then the protagonist asks, you know, his his friend, uh, I'm forgetting the name of, of his character. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson's <laughs> I, character. I, I, I just um, but name. he asks him, oh, what's, this, what's the solution to the grandfather paradox? And he says, oh, there's no solution. It's a paradox. And I get it. But also, you have literal time travel. Like, you're telling me that over the course of all of these years of time traveling and doing all this crazy stuff, you couldn't take five minutes to, like, take a rat back in time and kill the rat's father and see what happens to the rat? Like, it's not a mystery. Like, you can physically do this experiment and see what happens. Well, well, see, that's my thing about all science fiction. Like, not even just time travel. Like, when someone gets superpowers and they don't know their limits of their powers, I'm like, how do you not, like... Try out, like, oh, what happens if I do this with my power? Like, how do you not try out every scenario you can think of, like, with your powers? Well, especially... I can tell you, if I got superpowers, I'm going to see, okay, but what if I do this and this at the same... Like, I would try out everything. Well, it's just the fact that how well... Like, this isn't like a teenager who jumps off of a tall building to test his web shooters. This is like a multifaceted army of incredibly wealthy individuals who are planning to kill off all of humanity... They should take the time to figure this out if it will kill them, too. Yeah, um, but so like, that oh, well, maybe it won't kill us. But, I mean, the whole concept of, like, the future fighting the past, I think, was the strongest part of this movie. Mm -hmm. And also, 
uh, Kenneth Branagh's character. I mean, he made me uncomfortable, but like in all in a good way, in the sense that like I thought he was an incredibly good character. I really liked that he was the mm-hmm. linchpin, and he was like thought he was a god, and you know he was like I'm gonna. I'm dying, so I'm going to take all of time and space with me. Like, yeah. felt like an episode. It was of interesting when they tried to use, oh, well, what about your child? And he's like, oh, well, I just forget having a child in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> uh, although I was a little confused why they needed him. Like, I get that. The, so they sent the algorithm back in time, right? Yeah. So they sent the algorithm back in time. But it still exists throughout time. It's not like it's gone from the future. Yeah. When you invert something, it doesn't disappear. It just travel. It ages in reverse. So why couldn't they just dig it up in the future? And also, why do you even? Why did they need like, an algorithm? I, I don't. See, like, I never get that. It's an algorithm. Like, how can you send? math back in time <laughs> well I, I don't think it was an actual algorithm i think that was just a cool name for this device i think you needed the physical device maybe but but i don't understand why they needed kenneth brano to do it like this random drug dealer because like, that's what the script said like so <laughs> I, I, that part didn't really make sense to me so i thought it was a great premise that just needed more time to bake uh but it was cool yeah yeah, like I said, definitely an enjoyable movie, but def- definitely not for everybody. That's go, I mean, that's u- a usual Nolan movie, not for everybody. Yeah. But I think but I li- yeah, I enjoyed it. I think I like the philosophy of the movie, the whole idea of like people kind of in power and how they use their power, and mm-hmm. you know the effect that we have on the world. And there's that little like you know they they talk about how. I thought the fact of, like, global warming is why the future wants to kill the past. I thought that was cool. I'm like, yes. Because I'm, I'm like, why does the future want to kill the past? And they're like, oh, it's your fault we're in this mess. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a good a good motivation. Um, but, yeah, I, I think... Um, also, this is very nitpicky, but I was kind of secretly hoping this would be in the same universe as Inception. And it definitely isn't. So that was like a little bummer for me. Yeah. Oh, and also Michael Caine. What a waste of a good actor. I know. I literally like, I I thought, and I had no real basis for thinking this, but I thought Michael Caine was going to be reprising his character from Inception, and I didn't think it would be a big part of the movie. But I thought it'd be like, oh, it's going to be like this fun little crossover. He's the same character, and it's going to like feed into something, so you can like speculate about dreams and time travel and, and the same universe. But he's just like this random guy who's like, "Oh, you need a better suit. Your suit's yeah. not. Your suit's I, not good enough." And then like he leaves, and you never see him again. And, and I guess like he was also like, you wouldn't even remember that character if it wasn't Michael Caine playing him. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't even remember what his like actual role in the movie was. I just remember, no. hey, there's Michael Caine. Like, no. bye, Michael Caine. Literally, like the, his whole purpose of the movie is to set up one medium funny joke where he asks to put his like hundred dollar food in a box and they say no like that's like the whole or and to take a shot at men's warehouse saying that your suit's not good enough like Like, uh, yeah like if it wasn't michael kane in that scene they would have cut it from the movie yes 100 percent so uh, but what a way like i get that he probably only had limited availability but you could done something in the same amount of time 
Yeah. And just make it more interesting or meaningful. Like like you said, that they made him the same character. At least, oh, well, at least there's a meaning behind the scene. Right. Exactly. I, I love fun stuff like that. You know, like, mm-hmm. it, it elevates it, you know. But, yeah. What but, a waste. <laughs> yeah. It, it, so, it was, it was disappointing. It, it's hard to... It's hard for me to come down on it too hard because I had so much fun at the actual... Like, going back to, like, the whole idea of, like, movies as an experience... I had so much fun watching the movie, and I like the idea, and I want more movies to take big swings and high-concept stuff. So I don't want to be too harsh on the movie, but I just know how good of a filmmaker Christopher Nolan is, so I know he can make better movies than this. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Overall, I'd say I'd give it, like, an 8, maybe an 8.5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking more like a 7.5. Yeah. You know... Not, you know, enjoyable experience. One that, you know, though, I'm not crazy about, probably will never see again. <laughs> see, see, I thought it was, like, a powerful movie. I just, like, it's just... My, my main problem is it just doesn't hold up to you thinking about it. Like, to me, that's like there's, like, two categories of, of a movie. Like, you know, you could think of a movie like Back to the Future, where it's like, right, the movie's a fun movie, even though when you think about the mechanics of what's happening, you're like, this doesn't really make sense. <laughs> but, yeah, but also it was supposed to be a comedy movie, but so like, right. I give comedy movies more leeway in, oh, you're not explaining your size because, oh, you're just trying to be funny. Right, exactly. So I, and I, and I think, you know, as an experience, you know, you, uh, oh, I, uh, I lost feed. I lost picture. Um, automatically. Oh, oh yeah, I filled up my memory card. Uh, anyway. But this is this is what happens when we talk too much. Yeah, I was gonna say we've gone way over. Uh, I cleared off. I cleared off half an hour. And my phone even. Your phone the sig- silent mode. Your, your phone is signaling to us that it's time to wrap it up. So okay, so you give it. So final final thoughts. Uh, I I give an eight point five. Basically, I'm. Like, I give it seven point five. We both enjoyed it though. Yeah, on 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 a letter grade, I'd give it like an A minus. You'd probably give it like a B. Oh. C plus. Oh, C plus. Okay. Well, that, that's what a seventy-five out of ten is. Is a C. Pl- it's a C plus. Yeah. See, that's why I, I have a hard time with like. Uh, I don't like numerical scales. I, I give it a B plus, A minus. Uh, well. Alright. Uh, so thanks for listening to us ramble about tenant. I'm still JD. And I'm still Mike. And this was my, off topic. Mike and JD. Tune in next time. <laughs>